Welcome to the Sacred Roots Podcast. I am your host, Elie de Poisson. I'm the founder of the Sacred Roots Modern Mystery School, energy healer, international author, and speaker. It is my passion to bring to you ancient and modern wisdom to help you live a soul-led life in alignment with who you came here to be and lead an abundant business, but the feminine way, with flow, ease, and intuition. This podcast is a sacred space where we are going to connect over solo episodes and with powerful guests that will empower and enlighten you on your spiritual path. Thank you so much for having me in your private space. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the teachings and integration practices that are coming your way now. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sacred Roots Podcast, where today we have the chance to have Shannon Clark with us. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. It is so spectacular to be here with you. Thank you. So I actually like to have my guests introduce themselves because I could be sharing a little bit about you, but nothing better than having your own voice explain who you are. Well, thank you. I would say that I am a nature-loving mama of two. I am married to my most wonderful adventure partner in life and in magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am a coach. My greatest gift is to really be able to see someone's soul like instantaneously. And I do that so that that person can see themselves in their true essence and bloom into knowing that even if they don't know exactly where they're going, they will feel like fearless and confident in moving forward, trusting their intuition, knowing exactly that things will work out as they will. So I'm a wild woman at heart, just love to be in nature, hug trees and look at clouds. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Shannon, the wild woman and soul seer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tagline. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I would love to hear your definition of a wild woman, because we live in a society that has put the world wild in the box of no good. You shouldn't be like that. You know, you're a savage, you're a wild animal. We should tame you. Although now this word is becoming more and more popular, what is your definition of a wild woman? Well, I'm going to answer your question in a roundabout way. Because I want to like imagine, get you to imagine this idea of like, when you walk through a neighborhood, there are going to be houses that have perfect gardens lined up just so, colors all matching, and they look beautiful, they look nice, and they're all manicured and perfect. And then you're going to walk by gardens where the wildflowers have sown their own seeds, or you walk through a field and it's like some little bit catches your eye at a time and the sun is shining just right as the grasses sway in the wind. Now, which is better? (laughs) You know, really neither one of those are wrong, right? But we have been taught that the way to be is to be perfect and to be matching and to be curated and manicured. But there's nothing wrong with being wild, with being free, with being like reclaiming these elements of who we are, the way that the world can reclaim the ways that we have as humans manicured the landscape. So being a wild woman is almost like allowing yourself 
to reclaim who you have always been. Will people think that that's bad and naughty and <laughs> too dangerous and wrong? Sure, but who cares? <laughs> Honestly, like what do you care about? What do you need in order to feel free in yourself? Not free of anything else, but free in your body, in your soul. Yeah. And I think we're tired of perfect. We're tired of manicured. We're tired of you look like you're coming out of a movie or a video game or anything. I think we want more rawness. We want more authenticity because that help us connect actually at a deeper level, heart to heart. Yeah. I don't want to watch someone's perfect life. You know, I do like everybody else enjoy consuming people's beautiful pictures of their homes looking just so. But what I love more than anything else is when they're like, oh, and by the way, this is what it looks like in real life most of the time. I'm like, yes, that's me too. Like, I don't want to feel anymore. And I'm sure many people are the same. Like I'm comparing myself constantly to other people's lives. Those mm. are false imagery of what's really happening. You know, no human has it all together. They just don't. Mm. And yet we hold ourselves sometimes to these unrealistic standards of perfection and people pleasing that is so effortful when we could just allow ourselves to accept our beautiful imperfections that make us who we are. What is one of those last moments where you were like, oops, I messed up. Well, I guess I'm imperfect, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. How many of those do I have to share? In the last weeks, in the last months, maybe yesterday, who knows? You know, it was interesting because yesterday, yesterday was my great aunt's memorial. So she was 96 and she was the epitome of a wild woman. <laughs> and I was choosing what to wear. And my sister was choosing what to wear. And we were sharing about these outfits that we were picking. And, you know, I have this definition in my mind of like, what do you wear to a memorial where you wear a black dress, you look very just so, and, you know, you don't wear color and you look serene and you're in mourning. And, you know, neither of us were really feeling that that represented what Annie Esther's life was about. She was about bold fashion and making a statement and like <laughs> pointedness and like, who the fuck cares what I'm going to say to you? I'm saying it because it's what I have to say. And, you know, we both decided to land somewhere in the middle. Neither one of us really wore something that would be like totally outrageous, but we felt like good in our bodies. I felt good in my body. And, you know, this is the thing about like, when we get to choose what's right for us, we're not choosing because we think we should, you know, I chose what to wear based on what felt good to me, what felt like I could be myself. Did I make a mistake choosing that? No, I just chose it because it felt good for me. I don't know if that really answers your question, but it's the most recent example I could think about of a time when I was like really inside of this dilemma of like, how wild do I want to be versus the shoulds and the have tos? Yeah, I love that story because it's true that very often we do things because we think we have to. And then it's a conscious choice of, no, I actually don't really want to do that, even though on paper, that's what people are expecting of me. So I'm just going to allow myself to be me. So I had a funny story to share as well, uh, something that happened, when was it now? Four days ago. So we were in Belgium going to the UK to see the family of my husband and I booked the train tickets. You can already see where the story is going, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And of course, I'm the woman of the couple. So I'm organized. I book the tickets. I pack everything. And Rich is playing with Benji, which is all great. You know, we all have our different roles in different moments. And then we are at the train station and I'm like, great, we still have 40 minutes. So I take out my phone out of my pocket. I look at the tickets and I'm like, oh, shoot, we missed the train. It was 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I thought it was 2 p.m. It was 1 p.m. And I was like, yeah, it's my fault. Like, sorry, darling. Sorry, Benji. But no, I messed up. So thank God Eurostar people were really nice. They gave us a new ticket and we were like, okay, well, we have three hours to wait. Let's just go downtown and enjoy the Grand Place of Brussels. It's going to be nice. We arrive downtown. It's pouring rain. <laughs> and it hasn't rained in Brussels in like three weeks. And so you're with a one-year-old that just wants to run everywhere, that thinks it's hilarious to splash in the puddles. And we didn't have jumpers. We were just like with our T-shirts because it was pretty warm before that. And suddenly I feel the huge disappointment that comes up. The rain is like making me want to cry because I'm like, why didn't I check the tickets? It's such an obvious thing. But I'm so used to relying on my memory because I have a good memory. Well, not anymore, apparently, <laughs> that I didn't double check. And there was a part of me that was also thinking, I'm proud of having such good memory. I see a number once and I remember it. I see a schedule once and I remember it. Well, I don't always because I have lots of other things to think of now. And apparently pregnancy and motherhood messes with your memory too. So let's blame the pregnancy. <laughs> but I think where I went back to being my wild woman is that I just allowed myself to be disappointed for five minutes, just to feel the emotion in the middle of the Grand Place, in the middle of the rain. I said to my husband and my child, just give me five minutes. And then I felt the disappointment. And as soon as I was done, the sun came back. Mm, so beautiful. And then I just allowed myself to be compassionate with myself. And I know these are two elements that are really important for you as well. Just allowing mm -hmm. ourselves to feel and to be compassionate, wildly compassionate with ourselves. Oh, yeah. It's such an important part because of being a wild woman, you know, being a wild woman doesn't mean that we don't have our vulnerabilities, that we don't feel pain, that we don't feel our emotions. In fact, I think that it's one of the greatest strengths that we as women have is that our emotions can be so, point us so clearly towards what we might need in any given mm -hmm. moment. They're just such important signposts when we allow ourselves to move through us, you know, neither getting swept away by them or letting them overtake us altogether. We just allow them to be and accept them as they are and move through them and allow ourselves to say, well, what's here for me? What's here for me now? Yeah, I love that. In that story, it was like, well, Benji didn't care that you weren't on a train. If anything, he was like, woohoo, puddles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, after that, he was really wet. So we had to rush back to change his shoes. I mean, it was completely chaotic. But at that moment, I didn't care anymore. I was like, well, like we say in French, foutu pour foutu, like, you know, chaotic for chaotic. It's a bit chaotic or very chaotic. It doesn't really matter. It is chaotic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love to hear your insights on why it's important to reclaim our wild woman now. I think, I really believe that now the world needs everybody. The world needs all of the beings on this planet to rise up and collectively come together. And for a long time, 
too long, maybe. We have been disconnected from this feminine essence, this feminine way of leading and bringing people together and nurturing the planet and nurturing our different way of knowing, nurturing the magic that we embody and the gifts we have. You know, we are, we are creators. <laughs> we are creators yeah. on this planet. We create life over and over again. And we are regenerating this planet. So when you look at all of the challenges that our world is facing, what do we need more than anything else is feminine essence, the feminine essence that tells us that we can do impossible things, not through our minds, not through efficiency, not through productivity or success or money. None of those things are going to heal the world's problems. None of them. What's going to heal the world's problems is love and creativity, and inspiration, and bold risk-taking, and saying things that need to be said, that's why now is needed for the wild woman to rise up, for all of us to feel like we needn't censor our voices because it's not the right thing to say, or hold back the tears when we're talking about the problems of the world. We have anger for a reason. We have anger at the injustices for a reason. It's because they need to be solved. And we have the answers. We just have forgotten to trust our own wisdom. So now is the time. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't agree more. And I think that's why, that's why we both do this work of coming back to the feminine and you focus on the wild woman. And I do it in my own way, but also very differently of just reclaiming our voices, reclaiming our power, reclaiming our wisdom. And I think it's so important. So beautiful, the work that you do. So when you're working with women and you're taking them on that journey to reclaim their wild woman, what are some of the favorite things that your favorite things that you do with them? One of my favorite things is to return to what brings them joy, Mm. (laughs) you know, as a stepping place. When you look at children, for example, children are wildly self-expressed wildly self-expressed and they do it through (laughs) fun and like one minute they'll be joyfully playing and the next minute they'll be raging about how their play hasn't gone quite right and they just like move through these waves of joy and fun and play and creativity and they solve more problems in a day than you could possibly imagine and sometime along the way we forget that it's okay to have fun and it is through our fun and play and joy and pleasure that we get to that fuel the rest of ourselves. So I love going back to what do you love to do? What do you love about your life? And using that as a launch pad to begin to access their innate knowing that's inside of them when they are not thinking about what they should or shouldn't be doing. We don't think about what we should or shouldn't be doing when we're having fun. We just are having fun. It's like the easiest way to find our essence is in play. Yes, definitely. I love that. And sometimes we are so much in the should and shouldn't. It's like that question of, we know what we don't want, but we don't really know what we want. Yeah. Or we feel like we can't even give ourselves what we want. Mm. Here's an example. One of my beautiful clients and I, she has been in a process of reclaiming herself. She really wanted to align, you know, her work self and her personal life self and like integrate them and find fun again and tiny little things like 
the question like, what do you love to do on vacation? Who are you when you're on vacation? What are you doing when you're on vacation? Because when we're on vacation, we feel like our most free selves. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm just going to put aside all of the shoulds and the need tos and the have tos, and I'm going to just be. And she said, well, what I love to do when I'm on vacation is just like read books for pleasure. I love to lay in a hammock and just read books just for fun. I'm like, well, what books do you normally read when you're at home? She's like, well, I always read personal development books or like books that I, you know, know I should be reading. I'm like, okay, well, what if you just started to read books for fun all the time? Yeah. yeah work. <laughs> you are great. And, you know, if you're longing for fun, well, let's just make vacation every day. And so she's just been reading like obsessive amounts of like books for fun when it came to like even looking at her day to allow herself freedom from having to do this perfect morning routine and instead read a book and sit in her hot tub while drinking her coffee and looking up at the clouds or the sun or the whatever and just like luxuriating and letting herself do that without guilt, without feeling mm. like this is wrong, right? Like guilt is such a huge block for people to follow what they know they desire. And mm -hmm. so just slowly by like little bit by little bit, we've been weaving in these like little tiny changes that have completely changed her whole experience of her day to day. I love that. Yeah. I feel like quite often when we are on that spiritual path, on that spiritual growth, and we want to you know, become our best version of ourselves, sometimes we get stuck in the seriousness. I mean, yes, it can be serious because you're doing inner work and introspective work and you go and face the fears and the limiting beliefs and all of that. But really, spirituality is about playfulness. It's about humor. It's about coming back to your essence and doing what you love. And when we think about it, every greatest spiritual leader or, or guru, or we can call it the way we want, they always love. Mm -hmm. They're super playful. And yeah. the universe is pretty funny as well when you think about it. And when we receive guidance or they have a lot of humor, it's funny. Yeah, the world is funny. It's like, I feel like I find my most connected self in nature and mm -hmm. everything is abundantly playful in nature everything is abundantly imperfect in nature everything is like so overtly over the top in nature it's such a beautiful example of expression you know I was in the spring there's this magnolia tree at the end of the road near where I drop my kids off at school and in the spring it was just like over the top with these blossoms and they were like dripping off the tree there wasn't a, a little bloom that was not just completely outrageous in its beauty. And we were all just stopping to look at it. And I was saying, oh my goodness, it's almost like too much. And these women were talking uh -huh. to me and one of them said, you know, like we were talking to the tree, like, oh, you're, you're just too much. And she's like, have some shame already. <laughs> the tree, I'm like, it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, no, there's no shame in being that outrageously brilliant and gorgeous. And it was just like, oh no, this, this needs to change. We can't, even in nature, to say have some shame already. It's so, so wrong in my mind. <laughs> but at the same time, only just a reflection of her own yeah. fears and upbringing and how she's not allowing herself then to be too much. I mean, we've all been told so many times, 
you're too noisy, too emotional, too hysterical, too creative, too weird. It's like, well, there's actually a reason why you're too like that. You're not too much for no reason. It's because it's, you're supposed to be like that. Absolutely. I love that you use the example of nature. I mean, there's so much wisdom when we just learn to read nature because nature is super diverse. Nature loves diversity. There's no two trees that are the same. But still, as humans, we try to look like each other. We're like, oh, this person has a lot of success. I'm going to do the same business and the same offers and copy paste her website. And it's like, well, no, because it's her, it's not you. So if you're not trying to be yourself, it's not going to work. Absolutely. So what does it unlock for, for women when they, when they reclaim their wild? What does it unlock for them? What, what becomes possible for them? Everything. <laughs> possible for them. <laughs> you know, let's just say, for example... I always use metaphors. I can't stop. Even if I wanted to, I can't stop. But I love it. Let's say you're on a train track. You're a train. That's what we are when we are these like conventional versions of ourselves. We can only go wherever the track is laid, one destination to the next, you know, on the track. But off the track is all this possibility. Let's imagine you're on a train, you're going through the mountains and you see them from the train car and yet you can never actually touch them. You can't see what they look like up close. You don't get to experience them in their like minute detail. Everything becomes possible when you get off the train (laughs) and Mm. just begin to explore where you are meant to. You can follow the breadcrumbs that are being left for you, left and right by the universe, if that's what you believe. But truly, like you can follow whatever the magical path is that you're meant to discover when you're not in this conventional train track. I love that. It's a beautiful image. Let's all be off tracks. (laughs) I love being off the beaten path. It is my absolute favorite place to be. I prefer to be in the woods on no trails because then I get to tap into my intuition. Like I get to truly play with what happens when I'm lost and I don't really know where I am. What do I get to discover? If I, if I let go of the fear of not knowing where I am, what do I get to experience in the moment of being somewhere maybe nobody else has been? Mm. It's so cool. It's so amazing what you get to then see because you look at the world differently. You experience yeah. the world differently when you, when you let go of the fear of not being where you think you should be. Mm-hmm. I love that. So going off tracks, giving ourselves permission to be what we want to be, do what we want to do, speak our truth, be authentic, not mm-hmm. be perfect, love ourselves, be playful. Is there anything else you would want to advise our listeners to do if they are now, after this conversation, really feeling like, the wild woman inside of them is calling them. Mm-hmm. All of that is great. And I mean, there's a lot that you could do if you wanted to start with all of these, but is there an exercise, a practice or a question that they can write down and come back to? Well, the one that I love to sit with or let me be guided by is what would my wild woman say? What would my mm. wild woman do? How would my wild woman show up today and let that be 
the guide. And, you know, wild woman, if that word doesn't work for you, maybe it's what does my goddess self desire for me today? Or what would my goddess self do here? What would she say here? Or even if there's some more simple term, your higher self, your inner self, your wise self. But for me, my wild woman, she's so wise. And what the practice is when it comes to embodying your wild woman is to truly listen. You know, that's the greatest gift you can give yourself is to listen to those whispers that are guiding you always every day and then to trust that they're going to guide you somewhere and just let yourself follow them because really your human mind my human mind is incapable of knowing what the possibilities are it is not capable (laughs) it's just not so we need to allow ourselves this capacity to trust that there might be another way that we cannot imagine, but our wild selves, our higher selves, our goddess selves, our spiritual selves, they know, they know the way. Mm, so beautiful. When you were talking about the goddess, I I often think of goddess Isis. I'm quite connected to her. And sometimes when I'm in a situation where I feel fear or I'm uncomfortable and I'm shrinking really, and I'm not my best self, I often call her and then, I know that she's part of me as well. So then I connect with her and I ask myself, what would Isis do? What would the Isis part of myself do? And I mean, goddess Isis, pretty badass woman, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Goddess of the 10,000 names. And it's not a coincidence. That's how we call her. It's because she's so many different facets and she's so powerful. She has everything inside of her. And so... That's how I reconnect with my wild woman. I connect with the Isis, the unapologetic Isis inside of me. Yeah. I love that. So good. I feel like I have all these images that are coming up in my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Even our imaginations and our creativity is just such a beautiful practice. Anything Mm -hmm. that gets you connected back to your creative, curious self can't be wrong. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shannon, for this wild conversation. Now we all want to go howl at the moon in the forest. (laughs) Hug all the trees. Hug all the trees. Pick up all the flowers. Absolutely. Touch the feathers. Just get really connected with all the magic of the earth. It's a spectacular gift we get to experience. Mm, So nice. So for anyone wanting to work with you, you Mm -hmm. have a Wild Woman program, but when this episode is going to air, you will already have launched it. But I know you're going to do it again, probably in January. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to keep the page live for the whole time because it's just going to be my my home. It feels too good to hide. (laughs) So your wildwoman.com is my website. But I You know, I love sharing stories on Instagram. So finding me there and then we can connect there or via email or in my newsletters. There are just so many ways that you can, whatever way feels the most aligned for you, whether that's... Is there a wait list for your wild woman for January? Not as of yet, but there could be. (laughs) Maybe there is now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll create the wait list and send me a link and I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. And also your Instagram handle. Absolutely, I will do that. Thank you so much, Shannon, for this conversation. It was Mm -hmm. lovely to have you. So lovely to be here. Thank you, LA. (laughs) Bye. Bye.